Welcome, everyone. Thank you for being here. I'm so excited to talk to you about this. So most people think from a top-down way of thinking they want to you know, pass a law or, or do this or, or, or force someone to do this or tell them and spray it on, caustic chemicals, you know what I mean? They want this top-down solution. But when it comes to fixing your yields, fighting pests, and saving water, it's actually a bottom-up, a ground-up solution. And that is why soil is so important, but it's more than that. Uh, soil is the heart of everything, all the cycles of the earth for the minerals, the nutrients, the organic matter. Soil is at the center of it. That's why you look back in like all the earliest myths and, and, and religions, and it's all man was made of clay, dust, dirt, soil. It's like one of those. Pick those options. You know what I mean? One of those options. And today we're in a soil crisis. So that should like ring a very loud bell because it's something so integral to the way the world functions, the way the world is, it, it does everything, the fertility, the nutrients, the plants, animals, it all comes back to soil. And the fields, they're all over tilled. So we're seeing, we're seeing runoff and then they're sprayed with harmful chemicals of all sorts, right? We could go into the, the, the whole litany of chemicals, but it's, you know, soils are made of fungi, like 30 to 50% of the structure is fun fungal. And so fungicides literally kill the fungi, killing the soil. So when it rains, especially when the fields are planted up to the edges of the riparian areas, it all just flows right into the creeks, the streams, the rivers, all the areas where our, our, our most sensitive amphibians and most sensitive local life is. And often where our children go and play as little kids, they play in the ditches. They play in the wetland areas behind their houses. That's why all the favorite animals that you see described in the children's you know, uh, like, like all the literature and entertainment for children is it's like turtles, frogs, snails, you know, these are things that like everyone's familiar with because they would go there. And that's the areas that get killed. That's the areas that suddenly become the focus, the focus point the, of accumulation. And the sad story, if you read dirt, erosion of civilization, it actually gathers all the historical and archaeological evidence for this very statement that everywhere we practice tillage, agriculture, we cause desertification and eutrophication. Tillage, agriculture is not the same as highland Peruvian agriculture, right? So the highland Peruvian agriculture uh, that was the corn culture there, they had a stick they would plant with a stick so they would do no-till. They had a seed drill, essentially. And it was a hollow stick, and they would put the corn in there and then pull the stick out, and the seed would be planted, right? So very simple, very elegant. Um, we have examples of doing things the right way. So, But largely we, what we've done is smash and grab. Largely what we've done is um, deplete, drain, and it's caused desertification and eutrophication because – 
as those nutrients have flowed off and as the topsoils have blown away and run off, they, they cause a hyperaccumulation of nutrients in those sensitive areas. And so desertification, 12 million hectares of land are lost to desertification a year. You know, the Fertile Crescent, remember the Fertile Crescent? You know, that's where, where agriculture began. Where did the fertility go? Hmm. Well, the birthplace of the problem, right, is still a desert. So using permaculture, Neil Speckman and others have started to fix that. This is not a new problem. But now we have only 55 harvests of topsoil left because instead of it being a problem that we went to the next place and then the next place and the next place, I mean, in China, the Lus Plateau, they turned it around in nine years, but they had to turn around and face their past and the degradation they did to the soil thousands of years ago that they had nothing to do with, but the trauma was still there in the landscape. So we need to add love back into the land and we need to be investing the carbon, the microbes, the nutrition back into the land and to heal that. And so remember the shortages that recently happened? Remember when we all were we had only certain things we could get, toilet paper was out. That's this is this week, New York Times. There's desperate hunger going on, right? This is this week. Depleted soils and petrochemical fertilizers destabilize Africa and the globe. So remember like two years ago when I was talking about this, how this would be a problem? The problem's here now. There's a global shortage of all of these things, of food, of fertilizer, but we're going to fix all that. Again, it's by addressing things that have happened to all of us, by all of our families and all of our cultures throughout all time and in applying natural solutions and giving everyone the pieces to make life better. It's an incredible, incredible, I've got so much to tell you. I've got so much to tell you. So this I know, and I have to say that while this is all, I'm showing these terrible headlines because <laughs> they're terrible headlines, you know, they're painful headlines, but this is the thing. We have the solutions to these problems and it is time for a garden. It is time for the farm. It is time for the homestead. So it's time to get ready and soil is the linchpin. So we need to bring back local food, local fiber, local meat, local medicine, and local economies. And it starts with the soil. It starts with your earthworks and your water holding capacity to, to, to build that soil up as well. If you're in the super arid, right? Um, the stability of our civilization depends on soil and the soil fertility. But before I get any further, who am I? I'm Matt Powers. I was a, a musician back in the day. Uh, th that's where I got my start. And then I became a school teacher to get healthcare because my wife got cancer and she lost her thyroid, uh, 16 years ago. And, and if you know anything about losing your thyroid, you have to live on a pill to have, you know, the exact same life saving cycles happen in your body. <clears throat> or life continuing cycles. And so she she is perpetually tired. She's faced all these other things. She's had cancer multiple times on top of losing her thyroid. And it 
it it was it's been such a it's been a journey that has been very difficult but i became a teacher in the middle of that of fighting that fight and i became a citizen scientist eventually because i started doing books my my family grew up during this whole process but i started doing books and courses while i was a school teacher and then i did a kickstarter that made it so i could quit teaching and just do curriculum um, and it was all focused on achieving the highest levels of verifiable health in our plants and our soil, verifiable, citable references of success for permaculture so that people could follow that trajectory too, because I was the high school teacher. So I was the high school teacher who almost lost his wife earlier on. It was a year and a half into our marriage. You know what I mean? And and we had a baby. And so I had that mortality, like fire, you know, and I just, I, I just went hard. And I was and I was trying to help so many people. And in my community, they, it was I was teaching the six most violent county in America. And so I, it, it was it, it was a difficult place for kids to grow up. They knew that they didn't have the same chances as other kids. And, and so I really wanted to create something that would, would liberate them, would give them a path that would, would be empowering and, and also financially stable. And that's what the regenerative future really is. It's a place where we all can do ethical work. We can make the world a better place. We can feed love and, and appreciation and, 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 and regeneration back into the landscape, back into our local communities, into our youth so that we have a strong future because literally they're they are the future <laughs> i know that became like it's like like joke in the 90s but like i grew up in the 90s like that, that that's that's that is the reality so if we don't invest and we don't create those bridges they'll never make it there and what is also true is if we don't model it for them they won't do it and so that's why i did the kickstarter for my high school students initially and that's why I did the first book. So, so that's why that all happened because I decided to model it. So if you are, are feeling the call to model this for others, do it, follow that, whatever that may be, whether it's a compost company, whether it's a garden, whether it's a farm, follow that instinct because the world needs you. So doubling yields, pest resistance, watering less, Matt, get back on task here. So this is all more important now than ever, given all the craziness in the world all the instability, all the soil loss, all of it. So how are we going to do this? Well, we're going to make our plants go to their full genetic potential. And it's going to make them the most abundant, going to give us the deepest colors. It's going to be the most intense flavors and the most nutrient dense. And it's going to be the newest and because nutrient deficiency is vulnerability to pests, disease and viruses. These are going to be the most immunologically defensive. So we have an opportunity here with our plants, our soils, and our animals that eat these things to increase our health on another level of all those systems holistically. So our, our ecosystemic health could be improved from the soil up through the plants, the animals, the people, all of it. But it starts with the soil. and. Did you know that insects and pathogens feed on weak and vulnerable plants? That's the truth. They don't feed on super healthy plants. 
super healthy plants are not the ones that are diseased. So you may have a situation where you have plants and, and, and some of them are doing really great and some of them are doing okay. Some of them are doing terrible. And you go walk around and you're like, wow, this one's so great. This one's, and that's a strong plant and a weak plant. But the real question probably is where does it all start? Because we have these end results, we have these undesirables. And if we look at results and the end product and try to sometimes maneuver things from there, we don't have enough leverage. We sometimes got to go from the reverse for the first principles or the naissance, the thing, the birth, where it began. And let's go there because weak plants can't keep up with photosynthesis demands, the photosynthetic demand of their situation in life, where they're growing. The sun, you can't turn it off. So different from plants in water, they vent the oxygen out. And so they're acidifying and reducing and reducing means they're bringing in energy reduction in chemistry terms is adding energy. So the H plus, it's a proton. It's a, that's what uh, protons H plus are what we actually measure as acid, uh, um, acidity in when you look at pH. So this is where it's all coming from. So, so when you look at it, it, it is the seed of everything. Photosynthesis is what plants do to create the energetic shift in the soil from either releasing cations or anions, making either go acidic or alkaline. It's either or, and it's dependent upon some factors. So we see the, the seed of pH is happening right there, right then. But what's also happening is when plants don't get enough sun, when plants are stressed, when plants are weak, they release simple sugars, monosaccharides. And how healthy are simple sugars for you? Not very healthy, are they? We're all kind of figuring this out, right? The simple sugars aren't very good. And then we're realizing the polysaccharides in medicinal mushrooms, for example, have these incredible cancer-fighting, tumor-fighting, you know, abilities. And those are polysaccharides. They're also sugars. But they're complex, long-chain sugars that are much more stable and they're reductive. They reduce. They give you energy. Now watch this. For plants... The simple sugars are non-reducing. They don't give energy. The polysaccharides give energy. Look at this. The simple sugars are pathogen bait in, in the soil. So in our gut, when we're having tons of simple sugars, the reason we have all those problems is we're feeding the wrong thing, aren't we? Not a doctor, not saying anything, you know, uh, in a doctor way, just saying, look at that. There are these relationships that extend across because any loss of energy is actually oxidation. They're the same thing. You measure oxidate. Uh, you measure the uh, level of uh, um uh, of of oxidation in millivolts. So, pathogen bait versus power plants, and that makes sense. They're either losing energy, and so they're going to get attacked, or they're gaining an energy, and they're pumping that into the soil and the soil life. So look at the organic matter. It's getting bigger and bigger. Why? 
because they're releasing sugars and organic matter and all this stuff into the soil. That's what the, if you look at photosynthesis, see the C that's carbon. And so that's a sugar. And then it's oxygen it's releasing too, but that's venting off. So it's releasing these sugars on top of the protons. And so that's acidifying, acidifying carbonic. Oh, okay. <laughs> They're humic acids, right? This is how these things are formed and they build up in the soil, making the soil organic matter levels rise and actually photosynthesis it increases your soil organic matter level higher, faster than adding compost because the compost is not structured by life yet. And you're like, it's broken down by life. Sure, of course it is. But you tossed it and turned it and shifted it and mixed it and watered it and boom, blah, 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 constantly. Let the heat expand everything and pop the, you know, you know the, 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 the cellulose until it's like uh, all these different things you can see and they're in process. But once it's in a place in life has had time to break it down and structure and roots have worked their way through it. Then it starts to get organized, but it takes time, it takes work, but that's why it's faster when it's released at the size and rate that the roots are doing it. That's why we cover crop. And so the, the, the energy is stored in the organic matter. It's reductive, the opposite when there's not enough photosynthesis, when uh, the plants stressed they bring in less energy, they release less carbon, and they end up oxidizing the soil and hurting the soil. So this is why we got to hit that sweet spot. And not only that, if they can't handle their sugars, meaning if they can't digest their sugars that they got in that, that day, that sunny day, within their time frame, the next day begins again, and they're behind and oh, the man. And actually, they're just over full. They're just so bloated that um, they're leaking sugars or they're leaking nitrates. And those are the things that pests can sense for up to kilometers away. So there's stress signals. And I know there's a whole debate about how those signals are put out, whether it's smell, whether it's bioelectric, it doesn't matter. We know what's happening. And the opposite of that is strength because the compounds are indigestible. When you look at the pH-EH swing, when you look at the corrosion, rates, the corrosion rate charts, you realize that, oh, these pests feed on monosaccharides only. Polysaccharides are not edible to them. These pests feed on nitrates, not ammonium, not amino acids, not, pro not proteins. Those are too, too much for them to break down. So they have a window of attack. And for our plants, you, you know how it's like to, to eat a big meal right before bed. Maybe, maybe if you're young, you don't know, but this will happen to you someday. You'll go to bed. I can't do, I can't, I gotta like, I ate too much. Uh, all right, well, I'm staying up late tonight. You know what I mean? Like that, that's what happens. And so the plants don't have that option. The sun will start. They've got to digest all the, all those sugars and deal with all the nitrogen right that in that 24 hour period because that sun's going to come right up that clock's going to tick they don't have a choice the journey must continue and when you're powered by the ambient environment you are un unable to turn off the flow plants are primarily passive organisms and unless you have internal and external biology helping helping them 
And dare I say that is probably okay. Yeah, tangent. These things that improve the biology, that improves all the plants in all these dramatic and miraculous ways, they were always there before. And it was us doing all these chemicals and all these things and rounding the world and you know what I mean? 2,4-Ding, the like the Midwest and all this stuff that caused all these things to lose those organisms in the first place. So us bringing them back, the reason they're like suddenly so healthy, so strong, so bah, that's because they always had that. Okay. <laughs> they evolved with that. So we got to bring in the external and external biology back. We got to bring that back because they are vulnerable to attack without it. So what does this mean? We need to help them process and digest completely improperly. And, 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 and so this means that, and, and if we look closely here, the, there are different processes of releasing different hydrogen and protons, hydroxide versus uh, hydrogen protons. They're the cations and anions of chemical fertilizer people's world of understanding. It's ionic exchange. And it's true, it is at work, but it's primarily actually the protons that are bombarding things and releasing those cations. And the anions, notice there's there's different forms of things there. The anions right there, the phosphorus there, that's later. That's That makes sense because the older roots are going to be the more alkaline ones, which are going to release the hydroxide naturally. If a stress plant has to release hydrogen and proton, hydrogen protons and hydroxide to move the pH and EH around a root, they will expend that energy. They don't want to. They want this all to be a naturally passive process, but they'll hijack it and use it for other reasons to get to where they need to to protect themselves. And when we look at this, look, and farmers are adding any form of nitrogen, any form of nitrogen that you add to oxidized alkaline soils would turn into nitrates within hours, which means that you're going to require four times as much water as you would. And so nitrates, they're oxidizing. They're going to in increase the oxidation. They're going to hold you in that alkaline position. And this is just a better picture of how they're doing it. They're bombarding it and taking it off um, and, and absorbing it. So if we enhance photosynthesis, it affects everything. It allows them to have more energy so that they can take off more of those, those minerals without us adding any minerals. They'll be on the organic matter. They'll be on uh, the clay particles and the biochar. Now, those first two levels, complete photosynthesis, we've been talking about that, but also complete protein synthesis are critically important. The excess nitrates, they also attract pests. And these first two levels, they're simply mineral-based. So you might wanna screenshot that. If you're testing and you're low in these things, you're going to have issues in this area. You could need one or all of these things in higher levels, but if you don't test, you don't know. So you need a mineral or mineral-rich foliar spray to take you over into this zone. And, and that could be any of these, any of these solutions. And so soluble kelp, EM digested kelp with rock dust. The thing is, the reason you would want EM, because the biofertilizer microbes in EM, they turn, they, they literally turn nitrates into 
amino acids. So it gives the plant energy and then it changes monosaccharides and um, cellulose and uh, sugars all into polysaccharides. So, and that again, gives the plant energy and stability and resilience. And, and so this is why people use EM so much or make their own biofertilizer mix that, you know, I can show you how to do. So you can digest things with it and preload those microbes that are doing that work with other nutrients so that those nutrients get inside the plant because they're endophytes. Then ocean minerals, mineral-rich compost teas, composted manure for nitrogen, fish emulsion for nitrogen, magnesium sulfate, Epsom salt, chelated minerals, iron and man manganese, soil soaks of various sorts. Um, are there more minerals to worry about? Well, yeah. I mean, all these are essential. Um, that's why I was able to map out all of these for my book, Regenerative Soil. Uh, it was uh, a three-month journey because no one had, had ever done that before. And so uh, I go over all of that, all the cycles, all the toxicity, deficiency, what to do uh, in my book and in, in my courses. And then level three and four, robust microbiology. John Kemp always says, this is what you need to get these higher levels of plant health. And he gives no indication of who he's talking about, right? And so I was really determined to figure that out. And if you look at it, it kind of gives you the clue. Uh, number three is lipid synthesis. And number four is plant secondary metabolite synthesis. So lipids are fats. And plant secondary metabolites are the smell, the taste, the terpene, the essential oils, medicinal compounds. And they're secondary metabolites because they're not going to make them unless they're really healthy and everything else is taken care of. This is like when they have a savings, they can put a savings aside, which is the lipids, and then they can start being fancy, which is the PSM, the, uh, the plant secondary metabolites. They smell amazing. They taste and look oh, amazing. You know, those kinds of attributes come from that kind of, uh, that kind of space. So they don't make these unless everything else is going well. Now, which microbes, that, that, that's always was my question. And just like a food forest, we've got to fill all those niches. And so we need the mycorrhizae, the endophytes, the rhizophagy inputs, the surface and leaf microbes, the rhizobacteria. We fill in the spaces. Our nature will for us. Soil biology has the greatest effect on soil pH and EH and nutrition. So that sweet spot that we're after, they're going to help us get there. And then that's the reason why we have the, the microbes are the reason why those nutrients, those higher levels are being released. And in fact, these terpenes, these smells, these tastes have been, have been called conversations between microbes, the different flavors. They're di actually different conversations based around different foods between different consortiums of microbes. So that's why you can have, you know, uh, some, you can have some peach trees taste totally different from other peach trees. And you're like, holy cow this is incredible. And you look at the soil and their soils are different. And you're like, wow, it must be the soil, but it's not just the soil. It is the microbes. So who produces lipids? It's you, our muscular mycorrhizal fungi. And it's it, what's going on there is it's hyphalysis. It's the digestion of the senest, um, the old AMF, our muscular mycorrhizal fungi hyphae by the plant. And the lipids are an energy storage for the plant. So, if you look and see the reddish brown there, 
Uh, that is not the bright green. That's it while it's alive. So it's like that. Do you see that better now? Yeah. So you're learning. You're learning. That's mycorrhizae. All right. So mycorrhizae has an incredible long list of amazing functions. This is from regenerative soil. And this is why people are doing compost. People are doing all this stuff. They're doing everything. And they had someone just doing mycorrhizae and just destroying them. You know what I mean? Doing so much better than them with their numbers. And the, it, this was like, I'm talking about like 10, 12 years ago when people really started figuring out mycorrhizal fungi. And, fo and folks started just started inoculating everything. And, and folks realized, oh, wow, mycorrhizal fungi does not come in through the compost. I need to buy an inoculant or I need to have soils that are inoculated, that are no-till, that are generationally carrying through those special mycorrhizal fungi. So whether you are wanting the plant to be stronger, whether you're trying to be a remediator, trying to protect the plant buffering, trying to save energy, trying to help the plant go to the, go to the next level in terms of its protein synth biosynthesis, um, whether you're in arid climates, whether you're trying to just make your soil to be more acidic, more, more uh, have greater structure, all of those things come through mycorrhizal fungi, and you're not going to get them in the compost. Composts do not carry through mycorrhizal fungi. You don't get mycorrhizal fungi in composts. So it's like really important to understand that. So we have two different type, types of mycorrhizal fungi. We have the ecto within sheaths the root, and then we have endo, which goes inside the cell. And the endomycorrhizae, this is everything. All the food that we're growing, for the most part, we'll show you some exceptions. But basically, everything that you can think of, other than the things that I'm going to bring up in just a second here, they are endomycorrhizal. So they're going to go branching into the, the, the root and go under the root uh, the, the root plant cells, cell walls, but not into the cell. So it's just kind of like un just under the skin is how it works. And they, that's how they partner directly, directly with the plant. And this is everything. This is all the stuff that you're going to be growing in the garden. Ecto, that's higher altitudes. Ecto, I mean, if you're into forestry, that's really awesome. We need forestry folk out there. And I appreciate you forestry folk out there. I love Manzanita. I thought first time I saw a manzanita, someone had painted the trees in their yard. And my wife laughed really long and hard at me. Because uh, <laughs> it looked like the trees were painted. Anyway, it was so dry. There was nothing going like anyway. Um, so it's a small, tiny group of trees. And uh, you, you're really not going to be focused on it unless you're in certain areas and doing certain things. And then endo and ecto, it's an even smaller group. And again, this is like landscaping. This is this is some of these things, you know, like eucalyptus, people are trying to control. Uh, and, and that makes sense why they're good at being an ecto and endo, because eucalyptus goes from the beginning to the end of the secession in Australia. And probably because the pyrophytic culture burned out all the other layers of secession and eucalyptus took them over over time and adapted. <laughs> But that's why I can do endo and ecto. Um, orchard, uh, orchard, <laughs> orchard mycorrhizae. 
they do not grow. Orchids do not grow without their mycorrhizal components. So, and then aracoid, that's the cranberries, blueberries, huckleberries, lignanberries. They're the acidic climate berries. So that's rather new, but that's really important for those people doing that. And then kind of a you know potential bum out is uh, the non-mycorrhizals. These literally hurt the soil. So I was like growing amaranth, being like, my amaranth is amazing. And then it started shrinking. I'm like, why is the amaranth getting smaller? My soil was getting better and better. But if you've got shrinking beets, shrinking amaranth, you might be improving your soil. And these amaranth, brassica, um, buckwheat, rhubarb, dock, purslane, mullein, these weeds, they all prefer alkaline oxidized soil and they like it to keep it that way. And so they release hydroxide and prevent uh, like fungi from getting headway in those areas. So it's important to recognize where they're from. These things are here, right between the desert and the early secession. So that, and, and the deeper you go to the right, the more fungi that you'll see in the soil, more fungal partnerships you'll see with the roots, all of the above. And, 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 and that goes correlates with it being more acidic. See how it says acidic on the red going down. So it becomes more acidic as it becomes more fungal because fungi acidifies the soil. So everything works into this harmonious cyclical relationship that is when we go down to the first principles, which is what I do and what I've done um, in my books, it, it allows us to really understand things from a completely different place. And one of the things that is important to understand is that if you don't have a filter to protect them, you're going to hyper accumulate almost anything. This is a protected root. It is glow in the dark because the phosphorus has been hyper accumulated by their muscular mycorrhizal fungi, but that's also protecting the plant. All right, endophytes. So endophytes, well, let's start here because the way that endophytes get in most commonly is they can get in through the leaves and in the surface, but they get in mostly through the roots, through rhizophagy. So rhizophagy, when they release exudates at the root tip of the meristem cells, they are breeding and promoting bacteria and fungi that they then suck up through the root tip and then bombard with oxygen, superoxide, and super. And then they destroy their outer cell membranes and then they release nutrients and electrolytes and then die. A lot of them die and they're absorbed by the, the root. I know it was wild when I learned too. So the roots, they're not, they're not vegan. Um, they're, <laughs> they're digesting the microbes very well. And then the ones that make it to the root hairs repopulate their cell membranes and then get pushed out back out again into the soil around the root hair tip and exudates get pushed out through the root hair tip and continue to feed them. And so they live the paradisical life at the end of the root tip. And it looks like this, look at them enjoying themselves, basking in the escape and exudation. So they made it, but, uh, and, and anyone can verify that, but it also gets pumped throughout the plant. That's why we see life here in the trichomes. This is epifluorescence. So this isn't just like the typical light that people are using to look at things to fluoresce. This is, and trichomes are all plant root, uh, plant um, uh, hairs, uh, root hairs below the ground. Trichomes are the plant hairs above ground and plants are covered with these and they're filled with nitrogen fixing bacteria and fungal communities. 
So when we're spraying compost tea on these places, we are not only inoculating things with endophytes that are also saprophytes because those exist like rhizobia um, and, and, and yeasts, but, but we're also bringing in food for the rhizophagy cycle, right? It's all stacked. They're rhizophagy inputs, and that's the real purpose of compost. It's the rhizophagy endophytes, uh, uh, inputs. And now you're like, what about the endophytes, Matt? You just said endophytes, and you went on this big tangent. Now, well, it's like this. They go in too, and the endophytes, the reason they don't die from the superoxide bombarding them is they release nitrogen. They're like, here, nitrogen. So they surround themselves with an like a halo, an aura, all th a little like, like sphere around themselves of nitrogen they're releasing. And the nitrogen is combining with that oxygen and making nitric oxide to provide for the plant. And so, and, and not only that, we can, we can see this with different stains. Dr. James F. White has done the, and mapped out the stains to do this. And so you can see those little halos around them as they protect themselves and release nitrogen. So ethylene is actually what causes root hair growth, amazingly enough. And that's what's created by this. So, so the, the, the endophytes are releasing ethylene. They, 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 they're feeding off of the carbon. They're being bombarded with the super. And this is all happening at the same time, all in real time. And so if you don't have microbes, you don't have any root hair growth. So provide nitric oxide or dye is what Dr. James F. White has said. Thus, endophytes entering the root must be able to fix or release nitrogen. And I say fix because some of them end up in those trichomes fixing nitrogen on the surface. And you've seen my diagrams of the nitrogen cycle, most likely. And you've seen that, oh, all these endophytes, all these plants are great at fixing nitrogen from the air and their leaves, like sweet potatoes, like corn, like sorghum. Well, this is why, because they still have a lot of these natural endophytes. You, you might notice like corn, the sorghum, um, a lot of sugar cane, a lot of these things are still grown in more rural, more indigenous areas of Latin America where milpa farming was done, all these other farming things were done. And I'm willing to bet those endophytes and those those plant associations and spores and all those things are still there. And that's why a lot of these things are still having these abilities to do this. And that's why we've been able to map them. That's why, you know, I mean, there's a perfect example of this when we look at glucano diazotrophic because, um, yeah, glucano acetobacter diazotrophicus, that is the acetobacter produces acetic acid, but it also is able to fix nitrogen and they found it in the aerial root exudates, the gel that comes off the aerial roots of corn that is from Latin America. So we do know that these microbes are in the more traditional more indigenous uh, seeds. This is why I have always been drawn, I think instinctually to the Native American, Indian corn seeds, squash, all those kinds of things because they grow so much better here because this is their home. Um, but it's also because the, the biology is still in the seeds. And so why this is good, it triggers the gravitonic, 
the gravitropic response in roots, which directs them down. It triggers root hair elongation, increases branching, increases root and shoot elongation. So in other words, it turns up the volume on the roots and creates and allows the plant actually as a whole to, to, to improve its photosynthesis. So endophytes, um, there's so many benefits that are endophytes. I'm not going to read this all, but if you don't have endophytes, if you're not thinking about endophytes, you're missing out on all of this and so much more. Uh, I'll just cover like, like two. The bottom one, they're fortressed inside your plant. And most of the ones that are super desirable aren't coming through your compost. So you're going to want to get them, promote them, and then get them in your plants and, and make sure that you're, I mean, because once you spray them on, they're in your plants. If it's a perennial, once they're in your plants, they're in your plants. And so we, we, we can work with endophytes and get incredible results, but we have to take those steps. We got to do those things to get it in there first. And so endophytes are the thing that is the most commonly overlooked, the thing that people don't even think about. They think about the, the compost microbes. They think about all these other things, even the mycorrhizal fungi they think about. All right, so they protect plants in a unique way. They, they literally are the internal digestion of the plant. So think about the microbes in your gut, in your digestion, in your intestines, all of it. Different parts of your gut do different things. So you need all of it. You need all of them, all the microbes that are in there. And so do they. And so we need to recognize that endophytes are the biome, the gut biome of plants. And then the surface and leaf microbes, it's the same thing. We, we, we need to bring those back. And then rhizobacteria, that's the root bacteria. The most common one that I'll cover today is rhizobia. These are the nitrogen fixtures and they pair with legumes. And so we can look at the legumes, we can see them in there, we can see them clustered in there, the bottom right, they're the ones that are glowing. Um, and, and this is the thing that's bringing the nitrogen the most in the world. So the rhizobia family, rhizobium, bradyrhizobium, mesorhizobium, cyanorhizobium, cyano means Asia. They are actually rhizobia families from different parts of the world that are associated with different, different plants. And so when we recognize that, <laughs> we can really plan things out more appropriately. We can design things to be really regenerative. And also rhizobia sticks around for 1.5 years in the soil. So once you get it in, it stays in, it waits for the next season. Or if you get like a bad season, it waits for like the season after that, even, you know what I mean? So are there more? Yeah, there's so many more. There's hundreds more. And I have all the beneficials listed in my book, Regenerative Soil, and we go over all of them in the in, in in my course so the list that we share today i'm just touching here and there and there so that you can understand this is a completely different paradigm and way of interacting and understanding soil out there that is regenerative soil so i created this book regenerative soil microscopy um around all this uh and 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 that's where i've been delving um further with this that's actually out and this is the old cover that's funny um, so what about water? Um, and it's only out on my website, the permacultureStudent.com. You want to check that out. I, I, we've sold over 500 copies. We've shipped out over 500 copies in the past two weeks and been selling them like hotcakes. So 
they're growing fast. Um, so what about water? Yeah, I said water at the beginning. Well, water retention is really about good soil structure, high soil organic matter, and paramagnetism. Really well-structured soils, high organic matter soils are like a sponge, and they can absorb and hold water and expand. They don't puddle. And so instead of puddling and then having the soil turn anaerobic, they absorb it. And then because they've got that high paramagnetism, electrically, they turn it into gel water and structure it. So there's still air, there's still gases, there's still movement. And the thing is the opposite of, of the, like having that water retention is having soils be bare. And that's where we lose the carbon, we lose the nitrogen. I have had the option between going with like covering everything with, with, uh, uh, covering everything with um, wood chips versus like having like a cover crop and the cover crop is always going to do more than a static, especially wood chips because they'll steal so much nitrogen. Um, it's, it, it's, it's so much better to have living processes because when it's bare, you lose carbon, you lose nitrogen and there goes your structure because that's the carbon. And, 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 and the nitrogen was, was the, the power for the life. And so we need to bring in cover crops. You use cow peas, pigeon peas, whatever is appropriate. Let's, I mean, there's so many different cover crops. And so you got to pick what's right for you for the season, for the type of, because some of these things in certain climates are going to be tenacious. And you're like, ah, I don't really want to do a perennial. I want to do an annual so it's easy to kill, so it's easy to 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 mulch. And then you're like, I gotta raise phosphorus levels. I gotta you gotta do a mix then of these things. And that's exactly correct. So add compost, compost tea, have that uh, uh that cover crop going, inoculate things, add biochar and bone char. Okay. Biochar holds up to three times its mass in water. So if you expand your topsoil or containers with now 10% of it is now biochar, you just added 30 more, 30 more percent water holding capacity to your soil because it's three times its mass. So it's like a crazy trick to do. First thing I did on this site when I moved in was I, I, I made, uh, well, there was the, all these trees that they had and this giant pile and we, we set it up, we moved things around, then we burned it and then we broke it up and then tilled it in. And, and we burned it not all the way. We burned it into biochar so we could till it in. And because we wanted to hold more water and all the biology contributes to the soil organic matter. Everything wants to make it happen. It's where the energy is stored. It's, this raises paramagnetism when we can bring in more energy and so does rock dust, a rock flower. Basalt is best, but each component is part of a whole, is part of regenerative soil. And that's plant roots and photosynthesis. That's air and water. That's organic matter. That's minerals. And that is soil biology. It's the right amounts, the right players, the right people in the right times, or the right members in the right times. Uh, they're like people to me. I know them so well. Uh, and and when we partner with these things, when we work with plants, we see incredible results. But today we've only scratched the surface. We've only just begun.
So I want you to ask yourself, how's my soil? How's your soil? What's your soil organic matter like? Is it over 10%? And I know that's a high, but, but that's really what we should be going for. We should be going for something like that. Are your minerals in coherence? Because unless you have organic matter, they're high enough, they're going to be fighting. What's your structure like of your soil? Is it crumb-like? Is it porous? What's your EH and pH like? Your CEC. Are you in that favorable condition zone, that sweet spot that allows your plants to pivot? Do you have all the members of the soil food web? Right, the plant roots, they put out the exudates, fungi, bacteria feed on the protozoa, feed upon them, the nematodes feed upon all of them, and then their manure is released back to the plant roots. This has to happen before the plant roots are there. You got to realize that. That's why if this happens with a compost, uh, this happens, I mean, with a cover crop before you plant your main crop, because by the time those manures get back to the plant root. The plant root's grown past this area. So that's why rhizophagy is primary. This is very much secondary. Mycorrhizal fungi, rhizophagy, these are primary. Um, this is indirect, which makes sense. It is literally indirect. It's it's the, the, the trophic cycling indirectly coming back of new nutrients. And we can see these things. We can verify these things are quite beautiful. That's what I do in regenerative soil microscopy. But just remember, you can have all of them and still have oxidized and alkaline compost. That whole paradigm of compost, hot compost, and compost tea, and soil food web, it's, it's critical, but it was missing other legs of the table. So it was super wobbly without understanding redox, understanding if it's oxidized or reduced, and then just pH testing, it just nitrogen testing. I mean... I was in a room full of people who were all huge into the soil food web, many of them graduates, microscopy consultants, and they'd never tested the nitrogen. And as you've seen today, don't you think nitrates are a little important? Uh-huh. Don't you think the pH is a little important? Uh-huh. None of them had done it ever. And they're out there consulting, selling their services, and they'd never even looked at the most basic, easy, home test that anyone can do and it changes everything but it's because they didn't understand any of these paradigms so this is why i teach this, this is why i share this these paradigms will literally change everything with you understand how you understand the world around you from the soil up that's what regenerative soil offers so are your plants resistant to pests and disease because you'll see a difference in the plants that are resistant You'll see a, 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 a size difference, a vigor difference. What if your soil improved every season significantly? Join us this season for Regenerative Soil and make that happen. We're starting Monday, October 30th. I'm so excited for it. Please join us. This this gets past the one-size-fits-all thinking in soil science and management in response to your individual climate conditions, whether you're acidic or alkaline, whether you're 
you know what I mean? You have your calcareous soils, sandy soils, Florida, Montana, Vietnam, Australia, Latin America. We have, we have members we have over 520 lifetime members all over the world. And they literally are every soil type and they are having incredible results because they understand the paradigms of soil so they can respond dynamically. They navigate, they understand and connect the soil biology, chemistry, minerals, plants, and all the cycles and all the climates and soil types so they can help other people, not even in their climate. This is how we solve the biggest problems. This is how we you know, tailor your soil, to your, uh, your soil to your goals and your plants needs. And we learn how to build, remediate, restore, and regenerate all soils. And this is how we get over the, the pests and the diseases that seem to come, it seemed to in the past hundred years really come out of nowhere. And this is why we lost the biology. We lost the mineral coherence because we lost the organic matter buffering and connecting it all. So, and, and there's even microscope um, training in this, okay? So there's an hour and a half of microscope training built into this course and something else special that I'll tell you about in a second. So I want you to make your soil management plan. I want it to be holistic. I want it to boil down into those five aspects because it really does. You're like, it goes from the individual diazotrophicus acetobacter, right? All the way up to adding it this much and this many times this season. And then, yeah, it does. Micro to macro, hands-on, action-based. That's the only way that you make things real. That's the only way that things have actual value is that you actually have fluency micro to macro. You have understanding that allows you to take informed action. And that's what we're doing here. That's what regenerative soil is all about. We want you to get more carbon, more organic matter into the soil so it holds more energy and more water. You're going to have more biology, cycling things, releasing things, giving you more nutrient-dense plants, and then protecting and buffering you against poisons and toxins. And as we've talked about, you know, some of them are going to help you remediate. And if you've done your testing properly, you know what to do and you connect those things because the back of this book has the remediation for everything. So whether it's cadmium, lead, arsenic, you know, uh, microplastics all in here, okay? We can create remediation plans and save people money, time, energy, and create higher yields all in the same breath. And that's really the power of this. We have the ability with 20 weeks together to go through these videos, have live Q&A. There's replays of every live Q&A. There's surveys that go out. So every question that you ask, I answer, and you get a recorded answer of it. So even if you can't join us live, and the lives move around. So if you don't get this time, there's another time and they shift around so that we reach all the people all over the world because I want I, I thrive on connecting with my students and helping them in a, in a meaningful, real way and having them ha, having them see the results and, and see the correlation between their actions and their understanding and the results so that they have that informed action and it builds confidence in a, in a way that nothing else can. I can't give that to you. I can help foster that and facilitate that. But those actions, that confidence, I mean, it's priceless. And so you get the ebook, you get the audio book, and the audio book's exclusive to this. Uh, it's, it's nowhere. You can't get it online. You can't get it on Audible. The audio book's only inside the course. And then we've got a ton of guest teachers. 
and we go down to case, we go up or down. I don't know you want to do it, but we go to case studies. We go out in the field of the case studies and we watch as people consult, as people work on large scale in almond farms, olive orchards, all of the above. And we also go to homesteads. We also go to gardens. We cover it all because it scales. And as it should, because when we start from those first principles, from the cycles, it allows us to scale, but it also allows us to improvise, pivot, and respond and diagnose in a completely unique way. So in this process, this and, and this is a lifetime access process. People take this multiple times. You can earn your soil certification, your regenerative soil certification, and you, you can connect to all the science around it. You can even get the hardcover book and some crazy bonus options. So this is truly easy and affordable. Uh, there's payment plans to make it possible for everyone. And it's a fraction of the cost of other programs, like truly a fraction, like 20% of another, uh, any other program that's like this. So this ties in the soil food web approach, Korean natural farming approach. I've been friends with Chris Trump for, for many, many years. Uh, he and I talked deep about so many things. Elaine Ingham was my original soil mentor. She taught me so much one-on-one. -on -one. Uh, her old business partners told me at one point, she's taught you too much. Uh, <laughs> no lie, she did. Uh, um, that was ages ago. That was like 10 years ago. But, um, but, but I've combined regenerative ag, John Kemp's understanding, Olivier Husson's understanding, uh, James F. White, Dr. James F. White, as well as all the biochar, the biofertilizers, the mineral science, the chemistry but I've made it connected to real life things. So it's, it's visual, it's understandable. It's the first time chemistry was understandable for people. And then fourth phase water, gel state waters, colloids, EM, effective microbes, fermentations, going into the facultative, holistic management, understanding all these things and connecting them using holism. Michael Phillips work, oh, his orchard understanding is brilliant. And so much more. And it's, the combination of hundreds and hundreds of books, thousands and thousands of studies, it's all cited, all referenced. And then I had dozens of experts involved in the filming and creation. And we've got over 500 students that are lifetime members of this community. So you have people asking harder questions every single season. And it's awesome because we get, we get better and better results and deeper and deeper into the science together. So People are doubling their harvest with just the information in the book alone. People are taking orchards that they had like all these different problems with them, taking soil from other orchards, doing IMO cultivation, and then having all those problems go away, sharing them with the public. This, 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 this traditional orchardist now is going no spray. He's freaking out. Um, we, we, we did this over email. So specific recipes, specific patterns from regenerative soil, less than one season. This was done over an email. Now, I told them what to do. You know what I mean? Uh, now, imagine if you understood all of it yourself. That's what we're talking about here. That's what this course is. I'm going to teach you how to think like me so that you can do all these things because all I'm doing is thinking like nature. I'm really just a picture frame. Folks are like, Matt, you've done this, you've done that. And I'm like, ah, nah, no, no. I've simply like recognized nature and tried to get out of the way so that nature shines through and gives us the full feedback loop of understanding. And so what are the benefits? 
I mean, you can have amazing soil. You can decompose any and all of your organic matter waste into amazing soil. So if you have been doing composting, if I have a lot of composting companies in here. Like I know of four already that rely upon my course, this course, to fix what they're doing with their company, to take it to another level and be able to sell way more, higher quality and transformative for their customers. That's the kind of compost and soil that I'm talking about. And then so reversing erosion, healing degraded soil, if you're doing restoration work, if you've got clay and sand and calcareous, calicky, all that kind of stuff, all the problem soils, let's go. That's what it's about. Let's turn that into loam. Um, and I, let's absorb tons of water and hold it. Let's structure things because healthy soils are healthy plants and healthy animals and people. They're one thing. So I want all of this for you. I want you to be able to get familiar with the microscope. I want to be able to get familiar with the plants, the microbes, the animals, the machines, and more. I want you to be able to do it all to save time, effort, money, pain, and suffering, because this is our community. This is what it's about. Lifetime access, community access. We've got a private community, a private social network that you, you'll be part of. And, and I know it works. That's why it's such a joy to share. This is why it's such an exciting thing to talk about all the time. Because soil is the linchpin. It's the thing that ties everything together. The linchpin is the pin that goes on the spoke of the wheel of the first wheels that we ever had. So you want to get things rolling, join us in regenerative soil. There are so many teachers that are involved that have decades of experience. I mean, I think with all of our experience combined, we have over 200 years, maybe over 300 years of experience in soil science. So it's an incredible community of people uh, that I want that that I want you to learn from. Uh, and so if you're like, Matt, I am a little bit intimidated. That was a lot of information. You just were like, boom, 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 boom. And the reality is I understand, but we just condense so much information into like an hour and a half, right? Two hours. I don't know how, what it was, but I pace it out. I set it up so that we encode it properly. The internet is a place where so much of these things are headlines or condensed or broken down or simplified or generalized that we often don't have the opportunity. I actually teach completely different when we have the time together. I, I have a completely different, we get to go long format. We get to go deep. It's very different in my courses. And that's why, you know, there's, you know, over 1100 people in the advanced permaculture student online. There's over 500 people in regenerative soil. There's over 1300 people in permaculture gardening. I have these very large and active and supportive communities of people. And they're exactly this. I know that she's saying that I felt like, you know, she goes, let me just read it. I had doubts about whether I would manage on this course because I've always been intimidated by the science. And this has been such a non-threatening, uplifting way of learning. So thank you so much, truly. She's not talking about me. I'm not the one who did it. I set this up and created this environment. And then together as a community, this learning environment has become so incredible. It's something that I've been doing for years. I was a high school teacher. This is what I focus on classroom environment, because when you're in that state of learning and growth, excitement, curiosity, 
energy, enthusiasm. You learn at such a high level. And that's what I love. Um, <laughs> David here, um, you know, 45 minutes seems like seconds inside this course because it's so exciting. It's so engaging. And that's what it's really about. It's about getting all these pieces going and flowing and connecting, developing your fluency. Because once you develop that fluency, you're going to see more and more and more. And the things that I say are going to mean five times as much. You're going to have a, a paradigm shift. And this is real. People have paradigm shifts in my course and then go back and re-listen to things over and over again and then have like these epiphanies and, and amazing things happen. And even university professors, we have gardeners having epiphanies. We've got farmers, but we have university researchers and professors that are reach, having to reteach everything and, and change the way they do everything because of this course. I want... I want to make it real for you. And that's the thing, folks. I, I, I have so many reviews like this because everyone is so excited about this course because of the results, because of the understanding, because the, the, the connections, the, the excitement of really truly being able to make things transform before your eyes. So what if you're a certified soil food web graduate? Well, you know, a, a lot of folks finish there and then come to my course for, for deeper learning, for connection, for updates, for correction, for, for, the, for the holistic perspective, for the chemistry perspective, for the endophyte perspective, for the mycorrhizal perspective, for the rhizophagy perspective, uh, for the mineral cycles, for the geological plant physiological perspectives. Because unless we have all of those in there, we don't have a holistic perspective. So just like this person saying, you know, I'm not discouraged, though I know time and experience will, will start to help make sense because they, they, had just, they had just joined and it was completely new information. They didn't encounter anything on fungi ever before. So this will be new information for you. Um, this is uh, somebody taking all, all of uh, Dr. Landingham's courses. I took and love Dr. Landingham's course. Your course is completely different from her course. You give us the answers to the why. So glad I'm taking your course. This, you know, we begin Monday. You can join us. You can check it out. You have my guarantee. 30, you know, 30 day month, uh, 30, 30 day money back guarantee. You have that. All my courses like have that. So please come check it out because it made such a difference in these people's lives. I wouldn't want you to miss out on that. That epiphany, that empowerment of you understanding your soil in a fundamental way that is just like, ooh, transformative. And I don't want you to miss that. So that's my guarantee for you, right? Okay. So, and then I want to give you some bonuses. So not only that money back guarantee, you know, um, when you stay with us, you get some crazy bonuses. You get some amazing eBooks. But you also get to keep this entire series because this whole series is not going to be public. This whole series that you've been watching, all these little bits of information that I crammed in from all over my studies and understandings, this is going to be like review later on. You're going to come back to this and be like, oh my gosh, and it's going to tie things together because that's essentially what I've done. But we're going to expand first. We're going to go through all of the things. And the book option, if you get the book, it's included in your sign up. So regenerative entrepreneurs and experts, 
it's included in your sign up, the full course. This course has my secrets in it. Do you guys know about this course? Oh, 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 all right. So if you want to learn how I teach, you want to learn how I write my books, you want to learn how I do my presenting and speaking. I literally used to teach presenting, speaking, and writing and teaching to professionals and, and, and also high school kids. And so I, I, this is what I do. I taught teachers. And so you, I, I'm going to bring in my master's degree and my, my 20 years of teaching experience and like, boom, yeah. And then my publishing. I don't know anyone who does publishing the way I do. So, so I, I really, I really think that you should check this out. Um, because, um, oh, let me go back. Sorry, I was letting someone in. Um, the online marketing. I share, I started doing online marketing when I was on Friendster and MySpace, okay? It was a long time ago. If you know what those things are, you know. <laughs> But I do know this stuff, like launching a crowdfunder. We go into the details of launching a crowdfunder. And the reality is, is that um, I have a method. I have a formula for success. So, so regardless of, of, hold on, let me fix this. So I have a formula for success. So regardless of what you've done, I've done I've done seven Kickstarters. And my last Kickstarter raised $86,000. So I have something to teach you. And I really want you to learn it because people are really doing it. This is, uh, I think, my first or second season of Regenerative Entrepreneurs and Experts, Gavin Gardens. He was my APSO student. His APSO project was that book. And so we did Regenerative Entrepreneurs and Experts and did his APSO project together and then made the book real. And he, he sold so many. He went from being someone who loved permaculture to being an author that is known and celebrated. It's an incredible thing, but it's because he followed the formula. <laughs> and, then, and then this is Amy Landers, Gardens That Matter. If you know Amy, Amy has had incredible success on YouTube. And I remember her starting out back in the day uh, when her channel was just starting out. And I was so excited to see her rise. Oh, so wonderful. So you could get your certification. Your name could be there. And not only that, you could be another bonus on top of all that, a $500 value. Now we've talked about $1,000 worth of bonus courses. Notice that's the equivalent of a sign up for certain things. And regenerative soil microscopy is included in this. So it's six weeks of microscope training on top of the soil. So if you're curious about it, now it's an option. And the exclusive ebook, a $50 value, not available online unless you're inside this course. So no one's gotten this ebook other than Kickstarter backers or people in my course. So this is totally exclusive. This is the way you get it. And think about what I always talk about when I talk about PDFs and the ability to look things up. You remember the Dewey Decimal System? The indexes and you're searching and trying to find things. We're going to keyword search with the ebook and boop, instantly find it. It's the ultimate reference. That's why you always have to have all of these books as ebooks. It's included.
to learn microscopy with weekly live online classes and labs. This is an introductory course that I will do annually live, but it's also self-paced, so you can start and move through it at any time and at your own pace. So it's focused on Brightfield and beyond. I, co I cover everything. I don't go into depth into epifluorescence, um, but I do introduce everything. And the RSOL database, where are you going to put all that information? Where are you going to interpret all that information? Where are we going to go further as a community here? So for the first time ever, we're going to combine the minerals, the biology, the plant, the toxins, all those test zones into one comprehensive holistic test series. And then we're going to analyze things over time and against their bioregion and against the global numbers. This is my dream. And this is what we're going to be building in 2024. And you're going to be part of as part of the beta testing. So you're going to be part of not just the beta testing, but the feedback loop. So when we have our monthly or quarterly meetings in our soil database, you all get to voice your concerns, your ideas, the things you like. And so that we end up with a product at the end that serves the community at the highest level. And, and it, it just runs so that I just... I'm I'm hands off, you know. I just get to witness it with you and we get to oh, I'm so excited. So, we're going to be able to understand our test results as well as we put our tests through multiple years of testing, we get to see how things change over time and how things change across test uh, points of distinction, whether it's DNA, whether it's EH, pH, organic matter percentage, salinity, CEC, plant sap analysis, micronutrients, um, whether standard soil mineral or Haney Solvita, uh, PLFA, all of this can fit into this database and be compared and included in these data sets to create a holistic perspective. And not only that, let's flip it and have it so that you can search through the database and compare what you think you have to what other people have rated as most likely, highly likely. And that's what those stars are. When the community has the ability to rate us separately on the quality of our image and the quality of our interpretation of the image, we give feedback in a way that's really, really positive and helpful and allows our community to grow in a way that's never been done before. So especially when there's nematodes, I mean, there's millions of types of nematodes, there's switchers nematodes, there's so many different types. Ah, it's wild. So we need to bring this into the fold. And so I'm talking about a three for one option here. That's what we're talking about. Three courses for one. So there's lots of bonuses. There's lots of options. There's even payment plans. And the new season starts Monday. So do you have questions? Let's get you answers. I'm so excited. Let's do the giveaway. I've got a shirt here for you guys. Um, it is an organic shirt and it's a small. So and I've also got a physical book and we've got a course to give away. So I hope that you guys are ready. You can sign up for the new course at regenerativesoilscience.com. I really want everyone to be able to sign up today or by before, before Monday midnight because it closes Monday at midnight. So check that out. Don't miss out. This is a transformative course that so many people are involved in, so many people have contributed to, so many people have benefited massively from that I don't want you to miss out. This is an opportunity. I just, 
we begin Monday. So take the time to, to now go and sign up. The link I'll put in the chat right now. So great to see so many people here. Hey, Crystal, um, I see you there. Did you want to hop on here? Thumbs up. You want to hop on here? Yeah, all right. So Crystal is, is someone who has taken regenerative soil, and um, I would love for you to hear what she has to say about it, because she has taken that information and going, taking it places, that's for sure. Okay, yeah, I took regenerative soil twice. Um, the first time I was um, unsure of the terminology, not being from a university background and things, um, but by the time I got into like the sixth or seventh week I, I was laughing it up and and took it to heart and I'm putting it to good use in my community I've set up not one but three 10 by four meter greenhouses growing seedlings for my my local communities around this area and um before I came across regenerative soil I'd never even heard of an effective microbe now I'm potentially in a position to start making my own brand of effective microbes and um distributing it to the local area and helping farmers and gardeners and schools and hospitals and all those people that want to do community gardens. And I've set up a, a foundation to allow me to, to do that on a larger scale. That's amazing. Congratulations. Yeah. Well, I really appreciate you coming on here and sharing all that. You are such a delight to have in the course. You, you, you bring in energy and uh, it's always wonderful to see you in in the zooms in the chats and in the comments and in the circle so thank you for bringing that light my johnson sue bioreactor this week and and i've placed all of the the ton of soil that i got on my garden i'm growing my veggies in it now so yeah i wouldn't have done that without regenerative soil as well and it does inspire a lot of people around here to do a lot of different things thank you so much crystal if you haven't already the link is in the chat please feel free to click on the link join us join brett join crystal join me in this community this is an incredible community it's an international community we have we have so much experience i i we have authors like brian mcleod is here he's an incredible author and he's part of our community we <laughs> yeah we have some incredible we have we have so many people involved in this and because it's a community effort because it's this this community conversation constantly and no one gets kicked out at the end. I, I, I never understood that. That's the weirdest thing about online courses. It's like, you finished now get out. I'm like, before you can like test out the things that you taught me and then, huh? <laughs> no, I want everyone in because things get better over time. People, people add more people come back and their teachers, people, have suddenly implemented everything. And they're like crystal and they've got three growing greenhouses and they've started, you know, a foundation and they're leaders now. That's what it's about. Real communities create leaders. And that's, that's, that's what I, that's what I see as a success. That's what I measure my success against. You know, when I look at how these communities are going, how these courses are going, I look at the success rates of my students. I look at where they're going and I look at their accomplishments. And so uh, we shared a few of them today, but it's, it's something that I want for you. It's something that I want to unlock for everyone and empower everyone so that they can respond, improvise, 
and adapt and work with soils and harmonize everywhere in the world, growing the food that their community needs at the nutritional rate and the health levels that we need now more than ever, bringing back the biology that they evolved to have. It's wild. Everyone's like, we're, we got to add the inoculant. And it's like, we got to add back in the, like the, the other part of the plant. And when we do, we see incredible reactions. We see incredible changes. All right. Thank you for being here. Congratulations to all the winners. And yes, April, thank you for asking that. Everyone, this is like a bonus that I don't even talk about. Everyone gets 37% off of microscopes and microscope equipment from LW and Scientific who signs up for this course. And they get 10% off from uh, uh, AU Microscopes, Australia Microscopes. And they get 15% off the microbiometer supplies and the, the system. So there's all these like discounts that are built in that I, I, I don't think about because they're like built into the course and then like, I bring them up when they happen, you know? And so there's, there's so much to this course. Uh, it's, it's, it, it's a community. It's, it, we're, there's a database that we're building and everyone's included in the beta testing and that could take months. And so then your year of membership begins, that's included as well. So it, it, we're in it for a while and it's, it's going to be a lot of fun. So I hope that you join us in this incredibly transformational time period because we're in a renaissance time frame for microscopy, for soil, for DNA, for the natural sciences. And it's just in time because the natural world is in such distress and the mainstream media and their quote narratives are so off and confused and not helping. And so it's up to us to bring our bioregions back online, help our farmers become profitable again, get out of debt and transition to regenerative organic and regenerative soil so that they can make way more money. And farmers are saving up to a million dollars who are doing over, I think over 2000 uh, um, acres um, a year. They're, when they switch to regenerative ag, they're saving over a million dollars a year. So by not doing chemical ag, they're becoming millionaires. Yeah, this is happening now. Why? Because we have the science and it's better than anything they have because it's actually the way nature works. And that's the thing. For the longest time, their paradigm was like, oh no, look at the Roundup corn. It works. It works. And it's like, yeah, our corn works better. Let's do this. Let's flip this around. Let's turn this whole thing around. Let's get out of GMO land. Let's get out of the desiccation and desertification and start building our soils again, building the fertility, building, because it's not just fertility in the landscape, it's fertility in the local economy. It's fertility, you know, in the actual biology and the animals and the people. And so I am so excited for this because this is the path that we're going to, that's going to heal all of these things. It's going to be a trophic cascade. And it starts from the ground up. We started today talking about how a lot of people uh, out there in the world, not you guys, not you all, 
but a lot of people out in the world look for top-down solutions and they want to force people. They want a law. They want a mandate. That, but that's not nature. Nature is from the ground up. It's from the microbes out. The microbes have the most effect on everything, the, the nutrients, the energy, all the pathways. And when we partner with them, when we understand them, we unlock all the levels of health, all the levels of plant nutrition. And healthy people come from healthy plants and healthy animals, which come from healthy soils. I hope that you join us. I am so excited for this season. We start Monday. Brett, I'll be seeing you in there. Krista, I'll be seeing you in there. I'll be seeing you, Brian. Thank you all for being part of this. I see you, Peter. Ah, it's so great to see so many familiar faces. I'm Matt Powers. Grow abundantly, learn daily, and live regeneratively. Click that link and join us. Transform your soil. Transform your practice. Transform it into something that gets better and better every season. I'll see you on the inside. Have a great weekend, and I will see you in the course on Monday. All right.